Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We're so glad you're in God's house today on this special Easter Sunday. There's, uh, let's say that greeting one more time as we begin. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Little Jonathan was being taken to the pet store to get an Easter pet. And as they approached the pet store, he saw some puppies in the window. With his nose pressed to the glass, he looked at the group of puppies, and there was one there that was wagging his tail so vigorously, the whole backside of his body was shaking. He turned to his dad and said, Dad, I want the one with a happy ending. <laughs> well, that's the one we want. You know, this past week I read of some research that was done last year by Lifeway Research. And what they found was 66% of Americans believe the biblical account of the resurrection. That surprised me. 60% of Americans still believe the biblical account of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 20% did not believe and 14% weren't sure. Most Americans believe that Jesus rose from the dead on the third day. But to most, it's just a tale with a happy ending. It doesn't really affect their lives from day to day. It doesn't seem to make a difference in the way they live. But I believe that this year, we need the message of Easter probably more than we've ever needed it in my lifetime. We need to hear again the message of a risen Savior this year. And all that means for us and how we live our lives from day to day. We need to hear the story once again. So let's read it together. Matthew chapter 28, and we're going to read verses 1 through 10. Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. And because we love this word so much, let's stand in honor and respect of it as we read together. Now after the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came in to look at the grave. And behold, a severe earthquake had occurred, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. And his appearance was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow. The guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you're looking for Jesus who's been crucified. He's not here. For he has risen, just as he said. Come, see the place where he was lying. Go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. And they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to report it to his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. And Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and take word to my brethren to leave for Galilee. And there they will see me. Would you pray with me? Father God, we give you praise and we give you thanks for this blessed, blessed day. Lord, we thank you for the reality of it, the truth of it. And Lord, I pray that you would make it new in our hearts once again this Easter morning. Lord, I pray that you give us fresh ears and a fresh heart. That we would receive this message in a life-changing way. Lord, honor your word. Please glorify your name. Minister to us. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The message of Easter is so important that we dare not relegate it to one day in the year. It's important because it dispels our fears. Let me read that first verse again. Now, after the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the grave. I cannot imagine what they were feeling as they came in those pre-dawn hours to that place. They had seen Jesus die on the cross. They were there. They'd watched him as he cried out to God and breathed his last. The Bible says they sat opposite the tomb when they were preparing Jesus' body with spices and wrapping it in linen. They knew he was dead. They knew he had died. They came to look at the grave, bringing spices of their own with which to honor him. I can't imagine what must have been in their hearts, having seen that when they came to his tomb. But they weren't prepared for what was going to happen. The Bible says, and behold, a severe earthquake occurred. This was not a tremor. It was a severe earthquake. This is the second time in three days there had been an earthquake in the land. The first time was when Jesus gave up his spirit and died on the cross for our sins. Do you remember what happened? Among other things, the Bible says the earth shook and the rocks were split. This was so impressive. It made such an impression at the time that these and the other signs caused a hardened Roman centurion to cry out and say, surely this was the Son of God. And here again, there's an earthquake. In the Bible, earthquakes are at times associated with the majesty and the power and the presence of Almighty God. You remember at Mount Sinai, just before God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, the whole mountain shook with an earthquake. When God wanted to reveal himself to Elijah on the mountain at Mount Horeb, do you remember one of the ways he revealed himself? The mountain shook. By the way, when Jesus comes again, one of the things that's going to happen is a great earthquake. It's no accident that at Jesus' death and resurrection, the two most significant things that have ever happened in history, the earth shook, showing the majesty and the glory and the power and the presence of Almighty God. And they were there, and they felt it. This was no ordinary phenomenon. The Bible says, For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. And his appearance was like lightning, and his garment was as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. Now seeing that stone removed would have caused them some fear. Scientists have studied the kind of stones they used to seal tombs from that time, and they've estimated that this stone probably weighed one and a half to four tons. It had been rolled into a groove and sealed, and now it was moved. It's been estimated that it 
would have taken more than 20 men just to budget, and yet it was rolled away. But probably what was more frightening was who was sitting on a stone. There was an angel sitting on the stone. An angel of the Lord. You know, the Bible talks about angels in different ways. In Hebrews 13, we're admonished to not neglect to show hospitality to strangers because for by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. Angels can appear as human beings like you and I. It may be that you've seen one or helped one to the glory of Jesus. But at other times, angels appear in all their heavenly glory, like here. This angel looked like lightning. He was, he was filled and overflowing with the Shekinah glory of the living God. He was robed with robes that were pure white, with speaking of the holiness of heaven itself. This was no ordinary being. This was an angel. It was such an awesome sight that these guards who were at the tomb shook for fear of him. By the way, the word shook there is the same root word in the Greek as earthquake. They literally passed out when they saw him. They became like dead men. It's hard to imagine the fear that these women must have felt in that situation. But the angel spoke to them. The angel said, Do not be afraid. Or probably a more literal translation would be, You do not be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus who's been crucified. The Roman soldiers had reason to fear if the tomb was empty, chances are they were going to be executioned, executed for dereliction of duty. But they had another reason to fear. They were sinful men coming into the presence of a holy God. But what the angel said to these women was, you don't have to be afraid because I know that you're looking for Jesus who's been crucified. Friend, if you know and love Jesus Christ, if you're following him, I want to tell you this Easter morning, you do not need to be afraid. If you belong to him, he will take care of you. It was Easter Sunday in the Abuga village in western Tanzania. It was Easter and the church was having Easter services outdoor to accommodate the more than 800 people that had come from the villages around. While they sang hymns of the resurrected Savior, a large lioness wandered into the village in a killing frenzy. Within a few moments, that lioness had killed a number of goats, a cow, a woman, and a child, and then it ran in the direction of the singing. The village people who saw it said that the lion heard the voices of the Mengo Muenya, the God is good people, and headed directly for them. The lion charged it within a few yards of the people and stopped and growled ferociously. The pastor shouted, Folks, do not be afraid. The risen Christ of Easter is here with us, and he has promised to protect us. Then the preacher turned to the lioness and said, You lion, I curse you in the name of Jesus Christ. Then the most amazing thing happened. From the scattered clouds overhead, a lightning bolt struck the lioness, which dropped dead on the spot. The pastor shouted for joy and ran to the carcass of the lion, used it for a platform of 
upon which to preach his Easter sermon. 17 people gave their hearts to Christ. And the police that were carrying away the carcass of the lioness said, Surely the God of the Mungo Muenya people is a God of miracles. Friend, listen to me. We live in a fearful time. We hear the roar of the lions of change and uncertainty and sickness and disease and suffering all around us. But the message of Easter is this. You who know Christ, who love him and are following him, do not need to be afraid. That is the message of Easter. That is God's message to you. And as a message we need to hear again this Easter time. You do not need to be afraid if you belong to Jesus Christ. What a message. Well, the message of Easter also encourages our faith. Listen to these words that the angel said. He is not here, for he has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he was lying. These wonderful, faithful women had seen Jesus die upon the cross. Matthew 27, 55 and 56 says, Many women were there looking on from a distance who had followed Jesus from Galilee while ministering to him. Among them was Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. These two dear ladies at the tomb had been followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you imagine? They'd seen the miracles. They'd see the blind receive their sight, the lame healed. They'd seen Jesus raise the dead. They'd seen the miracles. They heard him speak and they knew he speak, spoke as one who had authority. It was as if heaven itself was delivering the message. They'd been with him. They'd seen him. And they followed him. They had faith. Maybe an imperfect, incomplete faith. But they had faith. But now, Jesus was dead. They knew it. I can't imagine they could have faced that without having some doubts. He's dead. Was it real? Is my faith real? Or was it all just a story? Was it all just something I saw? But the angel, almost anticipating their doubt, said this. He said, he's not here, for he has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he was lying. In the Gospel of John, he tells us that the first angel was joined by a second. And the two angels, one stood at the head of where they had laid Jesus, and one stood at the foot. One of the angels said, Why do you seek the living one among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. You see, Jesus had told them, This is going to be the authentication of myself, my ministry, is when I rise from the dead. He had told this to them three times. And the angel said, He is risen just as he said. He had told them this was going to happen. B.B. Warfield 
wrote, Christ himself deliberately staked his whole claim to the credit of men upon his resurrection. When asked for a sign, he pointed to this as his single and sufficient credential. But when those ladies came to the tomb, he was risen and they were called to remember that Jesus had said this was going to happen. It proved to them that he was truly the son of the living God. His words were the words of God. His promises were the promises of God. The angel said, come and see the place. So they laid him. Years ago, I was on staff at a church, and it was known for doing these big theatrical productions on the holidays. Easter one year, they made a very special tomb. It was very large. It had a huge stone in front of it. And it was created in such a way that at a certain time in the play, when Jesus was ready to rise from the dead, the stone would seemingly roll away by itself. Jesus would step from the tomb, and there were strobe lights behind him, and music was playing, and there was theatrical fog all around him. It didn't occur to me until later that is probably not what happened. If you remember, just days after this, Jesus walked through a wall and a door. He did not need to be led out of that tomb. The stone was rolled away so that these ladies could walk in and see and know that their faith was validated. They served a risen Savior, and he was not there. The stone was rolled away for you. The tomb was empty for you so that you who have placed your faith in Christ would know your faith is not in vain. In these difficult times, we're tempted to wonder, I don't see Jesus in this. Everything seems to be going from bad to worse. But friend, I want to tell you, Easter and the message of Easter means your faith is not in vain. He has risen from the dead. He is alive. And we need to hear that message again this Easter. Believe. Hang on to him. With all your heart. Your faith is not in vain. Well, the message of Easter also empowers our witness. Listen to what the angel said. Go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. And they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to report it to the disciples. I was thinking about this this year, and I think it's very significant that women were the first witnesses. At that time, women were considered by their very nature, nature unstable and unreliable. Their testimony was considered inferior and the Jewish courts of the day. But I want to tell you something. The first witnesses to the empty tomb were women. God chose them to be the first. By the way, this is one of the evidences given that this is truly the word of God because if men constructed this story, they would have not used women as the first witnesses. They would have put men there. But dear friends, listen to me. With God, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. Free man. 
There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Amen? The first witnesses. Well, they came and they saw, and then they were sent out. Notice the order. Come and see, and then go quickly and tell. Jesus reiterates this when he says, go and take word to my brethren. You know, I'm always amazed at Jesus. He is constantly amazing me. He is so wondrous to me that he should even be concerned about the disciples. They just failed him in so many ways, hadn't they? Epic failures. You remember when he was in the garden, travailing in prayer, grieving as if he was going to die as he faced what lay ahead for him? Even his three closest friends couldn't even stay awake for an hour to be with him in his time of need. They failed him. Later on, when Jesus was arrested, the Bible says they all just fled. Every one of them ran away. Went to an upper room and hid. And on this Easter morning, that's where they still were, still in the hiding. Epic failures. And yet Jesus' concern was for them. You know, if it would have been me, I'd have said, well, let's wait a week or two. Let them think about what they did. Just let them suffer a little bit. Not our Lord. Go quickly and tell them. Listen, they had failed the Lord miserably. But it hadn't affected his love for them at all. How amazing is our Jesus? How amazing is our Jesus? I want to tell you that people are in upper rooms right now in fear and in trembling. They failed God just like we have. They've fallen short of the glory of God. Sin has maybe separated them from the God who loves them. But God loves them. And Jesus died for them. The word of Easter is this. If you've come to see, you must go and tell. You must tell those that need to hear this good news. You must tell. You must share. Some time ago, at Easter time, I had the privilege of sharing with a young man, and his question is one of the ones that come up every Easter. He wanted to talk to me about Easter eggs. Should we do Easter eggs in the church? Or, you know, that comes up every year. Got talking about Easter eggs for a while and kind of the, the origins of the custom, and, and then we started talking about Easter. And I just started sharing with him how Jesus came to the earth and led a sinless life. And died on the cross for our sins. And how on the third day, he rose again. We talked about how because of Jesus shed blood on the cross and his resurrection, we can know for sure that everyone who comes to him in repentance and faith, willing to give him their life, can know his life, can be born again and saved. Before we were finished talking, God did a miracle. That man believed that it was his time to give his heart to the Lord. And before we were finished talking, he had given his heart to Christ. 
And friends, let me tell you, that's the message of Easter. That's the meaning of all of it. If we've come and seen, we must go until William Sangster was a Methodist minister who was leading a revival movement in the British Isles after World War II. Tragically, his life and work were cut short by a paralyzing disease. He was unable to move and unable to speak. But on his last Easter, he wrote this message. How terrible to wake up on Easter and have no voice to shout. He is risen, but it would be far worse to have a voice and not want to shout. Go and tell. Go and share. Christ is risen. I can picture those dear women running, can't you? It says they went quickly. I mean, they heard it. Running, probably feet felt like they were barely touching the ground. Singing and shouting and praising God. Ready to go tell somebody, He is risen. He is risen. Our Lord is alive. Amen. May God give us that heart this Easter season. This is the message of Easter. He is risen. Go and tell. Amen. Amen. Well, the message of Easter can also inspire our worship anew this year. Listen to what the Bible says. And behold, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and take word to my brethren to leave for Galilee, and there they will see me. Amen. Again, how gracious is our Lord. Listen, if I had just raised from the dead, I'd be in the temple. I'd be talking to the high priest. I'd be showing all the scribes and Pharisees that what I'd said was true. I would be the center of attention. Not so with Jesus. He took the time after his resurrection to appear to two dear women. And notice how he greets them. The Greek word there for greeting is kairete, kairete. It was a common greeting that they used in the marketplace. It was equivalent to our hello or good morning. Jesus appeared to these women in the most humble of ways. Our Lord is so gracious. He is so kind. Amen. Immediately they recognized Jesus. They'd probably heard him say that many times before. And they knew it was him. And they knew he was the Messiah. And they knew he was the Son of God. And they responded in the only way their hearts would let them. They threw themselves at his feet and held him. And in that moment, I have to believe that all their doubts and fears vanished like the darkness before the morning sun. In that moment, they knew that this resurrected Christ was bigger than all the things that they had faced. The awesome love and grace of God is far greater than anything we will face in this life. 
But to understand that, we must come to him and throw ourselves at his feet. We must hold him in our heart. We must worship him. There's a need for that message. Jesus is great and awesome and mighty. He's glorious and gracious and kind. He's greater. Anne Graham Lotz wrote of a time in her life when her son was diagnosed with cancer and had to have a major operation. At about the same time, her husband's office was destroyed by a fire and their home property was damaged by a tornado. All three of her children were married and left home within eight months' time. Her life was drastically different. But listen to what she wrote. The pressures and problems have been incredible. But I came to the conclusion that I don't want to quit. I don't want to escape. And I don't want sympathy. And I don't want a vacation. I don't even want a miracle. Just give me Jesus. She wrote, his office is manifold and his promise is sure. His life is matchless and his goodness is limitless. His mercy is enough and his grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. He is indestructible. He is indescribable. He is incomprehensible. He is inescapable. He is invincible. He is irresistible. And he is irrefutable. I can't get him out of my mind and I can't get him out of my heart. I can't live without him. And I can't live with him without knowing him. The Pharisees couldn't stand him, but found they couldn't stop him. Satan tried to tempt him, but found he couldn't trip him. Pilate examined him, but found no fault in him. The Romans crucified him, but they couldn't take his life. Death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. Just give me Jesus. Amen? That's the message of Easter. And what we need this Easter is not for all the problems to go away. What we need this Easter is not for all the diseases to be healed. What we need this Easter season is to cry out from our heart in worship, just give me Jesus. He is enough. He is sufficient. His grace is greater than all of our sins. That's a message that the world needs to hear. Just give me Jesus. You might be here this morning and you've never given Jesus your heart. You've never come to that place. You've been confronted with a resurrected Christ and given your life to him. The message of Easter is for you. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We have all been huddled in an upper room. Failures. Separated from Christ by our sins. But the good news is this. He died for your sins and rose so he could say, because I live, you shall live also. You can give your heart to Jesus Christ this Easter season. Amen. The Bible said we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. But hear this. God demonstrates his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He was punished in our place. He took upon himself our sins. 
so that we wouldn't have to bear them. How glorious is that? That message of Easter. And because he did that, now the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We can do that this morning. We can call out to him. And by the way, a cry out to him is a cry for help. It's a cry for rescue. It's a cry for salvation. It's a cry for hope. There's no magic words to a cry like that. But if the Lord is speaking to your heart this morning, you can cry out to him and just say, God, I know that I'm a sinner. But I believe Jesus Christ, your son, died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose from the dead on the third day. And right now, I ask you to forgive me. I turn away from my sins and I turn to you in faith and I give you my life, all there is of it. And I receive your gift of eternal life. If God is speaking to your heart today that you need to make that decision, this is his Holy Spirit speaking to you the message of Easter. Would you come to him today? Would you come to him? In a minute, we're going to have a time of invitation. If, if God is speaking to you, just come to the front. I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to pray with you. You might be a Christian here today. The message to you, don't be afraid. Go and tell. Amen. The last words he said to the ladies was, don't be afraid. Go and take my word to my brethren and leave for Galilee, and there they will see me. Have you forgotten the message of Easter? Do you need to come back again to the empty tomb? Do you need to put your arms again around a risen Savior today and see that he is so big and glorious, everything seems small in comparison to him? This can be a time of rededication to you. You can come and make this your altar and just talk with your Lord. Maybe the Lord is calling you to Christian service today. Those called to spread this news to all the world in some way. Would you do what Christ would have you to do this Easter? Listen, this is not just a tale with a good ending. This is the meaning of life. This is the reason why we're here. Amen. God is calling you to be saved. You rededicate your life or make some other decision. You come. Father God, we give you thanks for this message of Easter. Lord, how gracious, how good and kind you are. Lord, how glorious you are. Lord, speak to hearts right now by your Holy Spirit. Lord, we give this time into the hands of your Holy Spirit to do your work. And we trust you with it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need to receive Christ, to rededicate your life, or make some other decision, would you do it as we stand and sing a hymn of invitation? this morning.